What would it be like if Red could speak to us today? Someone said the other night at the visitation, someone said to me, it's a shame he didn't make it to his 75th birthday. Most of you know that yesterday was his birthday. Brothers and sisters, he did make it to his 75th birthday. He made it on the other side. We ourselves need to take an opportunity and pause and think about this. John Bunyan said, how welcome is death to them that have nothing to do but to die. Meaning they're ready to go. How welcome is death to such a person. But if Red were able to send us a postcard today or drop us an email, what would he say in there? I think there are some things we could be confident that he would express in that postcard. The first thing he would say would be, wow, it went by so quickly. Seventy-five years and it went by quickly. The Bible tells us that this life is only a vapor compared to the one to come. Methuselah lived to be 969 years, and it went by quickly. We ourselves need to embrace the reality that every one of us is on a conveyor belt that is headed toward the great judgment of God. And there is no reverse on that conveyor belt. And there is no pause and there is no stop. It went by quickly. Fiddler on the Roof expressed it this way in a song, Sunrise, Sunset. As a young couple is about to be married, the parents are reflecting on how quickly time went by. Is this the little girl I carried? Is this the little boy at play? I don't remember growing older. When did they? When did she get to be a beauty? When did he grow to be so tall? Wasn't it yesterday when they were small? Sunrise, sunset. Sunrise, sunset, swiftly flow the days. Seedlings turn overnight to sunflowers, blossoming even as we gaze. Sunrise, sunset. Sunrise, sunset. Swiftly fly the years. One season following another, laden with happiness and tears. And today we find ourselves with much happiness and much tear as we consider the departure of our brother Red. But it did go by quickly, and it will go by quickly for you. We have young grandsons and granddaughters that are here today and others that are still in school. And when you're young, you think, well, it won't go by quickly, but it will. And when you're older, you know better. If you're here this day and you're 40 or 50, perhaps you're here today and you're 60, the remaining time you have will go by very quickly. And Red would encourage us to be good stewards of the time that we have. The second point he would make in his postcard to us is that God's word is true. Everything has come to pass that God says would be the case. John 14, Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if it were not so, I would have told you. Every word is true. In the reading today, in the Gospel of John The Lord Christ was speaking to Nicodemus. And as he was speaking to Nicodemus, he said this. I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen. And you do not accept our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? The Lord Christ had been there. 
And he knew what was on the other side. I tell you the truth, he says again and again and again in the Gospel of John. And now Red has seen that truth, every aspect. Jesus was a reliable witness, but Red is not walking by faith any longer. He is walking by sight. And his confidence would be every word of God is true. What else would he say? One of the most remarkable things about heaven is set forth in Isaiah 66. It's the very end of that very lengthy prophecy from God himself in mercy to his people. And after there are many blessings in the prophecy of Isaiah concerning the life to come, it concludes in chapter 66 with these words that the redeemed of God will go out, out of the new Jerusalem. And they will look in the distance and they will see the smoke rising from hell. Red can see it in the distance. He can see the smoke rising. Just as Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego could see the smoke coming out of the furnace that Nebuchadnezzar turned up seven times hotter than it had ever been turned before. And God is now turning up the heat that he might consume the wicked at the appropriate time. The justice and the wrath of God is set forth in the reading today as we saw in Numbers 21. God is like that. He is holy. And he holds us responsible for our sin. And what was the sin of the people in the day of Moses and the bronze serpent? It was ingratitude because he was raining down miracle bread every morning. It was ingratitude and grumbling and rebellion and even slander of the Most High God. How about you today? Do you find yourself walking in ingratitude? Do you find yourself aware of grumbling and a rebellion against the Most High God? The Bible tells us that the wages of death, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. And the Bible tells us to flee from the wrath to come. Red can see it in the distance. The smoke rising from the pit of hell. Jonathan Edwards preached a very famous sermon, brothers and sisters. I commend it to you. He was known in his day for a sermon and he's been known ever since. He preached a sermon around 1735 and the sermon was sinners in the hands of an angry God. And the text was this from Deuteronomy 32, 35. In due time... Their foot shall slide. In due time, their foot shall slide. You see people walking among us today. You see people that are grumbling against God and ungrateful. And you wonder, does God notice? And Jonathan Edwards says, yes, he does. He notices everything. And in due time, their foot shall slide. And so Jonathan Edwards set before his people some the magnitude of the judgment to come. And after having done that, he said to them, you who are sitting here today, he said, now you have an extraordinary opportunity, a day wherein Christ has thrown the door of mercy wide open and stands in the doorway calling and crying with a loud voice to poor sinners. A day wherein many are flocking to him and pressing into the kingdom. Many are daily coming from the east and from the west from the north and from the south, 
many that were very lately in the same miserable condition that you are in now. But they are now happy in a state with their hearts filled with the love of God and washed from their sins in his own blood and rejoicing in hope of the glory of God. How awful it is to be left behind on such a day. To see so many others feasting while you are pining and perishing. To see so many rejoicing and singing for joy of heart while you have cause to mourn for sorrow of heart and howl for vexation of spirit. How can you rest one moment in such a condition? Are not your souls as precious as the souls of the people who are now being saved? Let everyone that is yet out of Christ, that is, those who do not know God. Brothers and sisters, there are three people in the world. There are those who are saved in the United Christ by faith and the graces of a Christian life. And there are those who are not and care nothing for the things of God. But the third category is far, far more dangerous in a very real way. And Wilmington, being part of the Bible Belt, is filled with this group three. It's people who know enough about Jesus, but don't love him. Know enough about the Bible, but don't hate their sin. Know enough about eternity, but have never turned to God. Jonathan Edwards was concerned about just such a group in his day. And he said, let everyone that is yet outside of Christ and hanging over the pit of hell, whether they be old men and women or middle-aged or young people or little children, now hearken to the loud calls of God's word and providence. This is the acceptable year of the Lord. A day of such great favors to some will doubtless be as a day of remarkable vengeance to others. Men's hearts harden. Young people hear that. When you get older, you will not find God more attractive. You will not be able to put him off and make peace with him later in the future. It is not likely. As you grow older, your hearts harden. And if you are 40 or 50 or 60 this day, you know what I'm saying. Men's hearts harden. And their guilt increases at the same pace as their age. If they neglect their souls, and there will never be so great a danger as anyone who is blind in his heart and blind in his mind, God seems now to be hastily in all parts part of adult persons that ever shall be saved. What a remarkable statement. And then he ends with this. Therefore, let everyone that is outside of Christ now awake And flee the wrath to come. The wrath of Almighty God is now undoubtedly hanging over a great part of this congregation. Can you imagine that? Jonathan Edwards preached for 26 years to the same congregation. And after preaching for 26 years to a congregation of about 800 people, he said the wrath of Almighty God is now undoubtedly hanging over a great part of this congregation. Let everyone fly out of Sodom. Haste and escape for your lives. Look not behind you. Escape to the mountain, lest you be consumed. In due time, brothers and sisters, their foot shall slide 
And there are many right now in hell who would give anything and everything to be seated here at this funeral and to hear the good news that this most just and most holy, wrath-filled God has made a way of escape in the person of his Christ. What else might Red say? He would say the Lord Christ is the only way. He would say, I haven't run into Buddha. Haven't seen Confucius. No sign of Mohammed or Aristotle. The Lord Christ is the only way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but my, by me. The Apostle Paul said, there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And you can reason it yourself where no other religion, brothers and sisters, deals with your sin debt. No other religion deals with your sin debt. But the Lord Christ comes as a willing substitute and lays down his life willingly for those who would put their trust in him. And so our sins are transferred to him and he dies in our place. His righteousness is transferred to us by faith. And we go forward walking and leaping and praising God. Brothers and sisters, everyone here will stand before God and he will say to you, why should I let you? What would you say to him? Many would say, I've tried to live a good life. I spoke to someone recently on the shores of Riceville Beach. And I asked him that question, a young couple, they were probably 30 years old. And I said, what would you say to God when you stand at the end of your life? And he says to you, why should I let you into my kingdom? They said, well, we've tried to live a good life. We've tried to do the right thing. We're trying to raise up good children. And I said, well, congratulations. You'd make a very good Muslim. That's a Muslim answer. That you're hoping that your good works will outweigh your sin, as if somehow your good works could pay for your sin. For each of us here, we need to be reminded that we are much worse than we think, and God is much holier than we can imagine. And our good works couldn't begin to atone for our sin. Only Christ can pay the penalty for our sin. And as he does, we go free in the righteousness of Christ. So God is just when he lets sinners into heaven for their sin been paid for. Dr. Kennedy used to tell a story of two caterpillars walking along. Two caterpillars bumbling along very, very slowly. And as they're walking along and chatting in the afternoon sun, a beautiful butterfly sweeps over them and dive bombs them a few times. One says to the other, you'd never get me up in one of those things. What else might Red say? Red would say heaven is indescribable. It's vastly different than I ever imagined or could begin to describe to you the radical transformation of the people of God as we enter through death into the threshold of eternal life in the favorable presence of God is difficult to communicate. And yet, the scriptures tell us again and again and again that we should feed upon this in our hearts and meditate on it. And the illustration that the Apostle Paul gives us in 1 Corinthians 15 is that when you plant something, what grows up doesn't look like what you planted. 
plant a seed and the bush or the tree doesn't look like the seed itself. It's far grander than what you put in the ground. And so Red would say to us today how different the glory of God is and the glory of his saints and the glory of his angels than he ever were able to imagine in this life. Pilgrim's Progress describes the transfer of a Christian over to the River Jordan and to the Celestial City. And all that John Bunyan can say is that as they opened the gates, I looked in and I saw the people rejoicing and I wish I were among them. I wished I were among them. Finally, what would Red say? He would say this. He would say, not everyone is here that I thought might be here. Not everyone is here that I thought might be here. People he knew in this life that gave some tip of the hat, some benign smile when the name of the Lord Christ was mentioned. But as he's looked for them in heaven, he has not seen them. For indeed, that third group is described by the Lord Christ himself in the Matthew Gospel, chapter 7, of the goats and the sheep. And Christ turns to the goats, the ones who called him by name, Lord, Lord. And he says, depart from me, I never knew you. How would you know, friends, family, brothers and sisters, how would you know in this life what to expect in the life to come? The gospel sets forth in the Bible three things. We must understand the gospel with our heads. We must love it with our hearts. And we must seek to walk in God's ways by the power of the Holy Spirit with our hands and with our lips. Finally, Red would say this, having a wonderful time, wish you were here. Brothers and sisters, we are on this day at the threshold, the very portal of heaven. We did begin our gathering this afternoon with a most sober reminder that for some in this room, it will be as close to heaven as you will ever get. John Angel James, a preacher in England in the 1800s, wrote a book called A Christian Father's Present to His Children. And in that book, he concluded with a last chapter entitled The Blessed Occasion of the Joyful Reunion of a pious family in heaven. He wrote giving his sons great advice and his daughters exhortation that they would follow in the footsteps of their father and mother, that they would love the Lord Christ and hate their sin and seek to be pressing into the kingdom through the merits and blood of Christ. And he concluded in that chapter to his children saying, your mother and I will be in heaven. Make every effort to join us. Red would say to Bob and to Kent and to their wives and children and grandchildren, Red would say, your mother and I will be in heaven. Make every effort to join us. 
Brothers and sisters, if you are here today and do not know the Lord Christ, the gospel is this, that God is just and holy. He is our creator. And just as we saw in Numbers 21, as was read in your hearing today, God hates sin. He is just and holy and has prepared his wrath and a place for his wrath. And in his mercy, he has made a way of escape through Jesus Christ. Just as that bronze serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, so was the Lord Christ lifted up that all who would look to him might be saved. As Jonathan Edwards urged his hearers, I do urge you today, flee from the wrath to come. Flee to Christ and flee from the wrath to come. Will you pray with me, please? Our great God and Father and the judge of all the earth, we do this day praise you once again in your goodness and in your mercy. We do praise you this day for a life well lived in your servant red. We do praise you this day for the length of days that you gave him and gifted us through him. We do praise you this day that you have mercifully received him unto glory and that you do offer us the opportunity to flee to Christ in the gospel. We praise you this day for the clarity of your word and for the truth it contains. Heavenly Father, we plead your mercy that you would yet draw many to Christ and adopt them as your children through Jesus Christ. Our Heavenly Father, we plead with you that you would continue in your grace and mercy and the comfort of your Holy Spirit to comfort Jenny and this beautiful family. Comfort all who are here this day and mourn the loss of red. And bless us to consider the brevity of this life, the certainty of judgment, and the magnitude of eternity. Open our ears that we might hear the angels sing. We make our prayer in the name of Christ, who alone is our hope, and who did teach us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.